Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to talk about the video games we're playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming with each other. We have something exciting to announce. We are trying a new format for topics as we've been looking to do a small shakeup to how we do them every week. It's called the Debate of Swords. The premise is we will pick something about gaming and we have to advocate for it whether or not we agree with it. For example, if the topic we choose is dogs are better than cats, even if we like cats better, we still have to argue in favor of dogs. We are really excited for this as I'm sure it's going to produce some funny and insightful discussions. We will of course be doing our normal topics as well from time to time, but we are also going to try out this new format. And if it works well, we're going to integrate it into our whole catalog of topics that we have planned for the future. So I'm excited to try this out. Um, So what will be the first ever debate of sorts? What is it going to be about? Well, today we will be discussing why sports games are in fact real games. Whether or not we agree with that, we will be arguing in in favor of sports games being real games. So normally, we also open the topic to you, the listeners, to comment and reflect on, but since it's a brand new format, we wanted to keep it simple to test it out and see how we can make improvements. Uh, going forward on this format. But after the topic of the show, we will be discussing the games that we've been playing, such as More Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, Gwent Rogue Mage, Raft, and the Big Baldur's Gate 3 update. We will round out the back end of the show with the social media polls that y'all voted on. Now how's about you let me introduce you to the crew here at Swordshop. So first, I'm joined by a man who once advertised his OnlyFans in Central Park only to be attacked by a feral group of squirrels, all suffering from rabies. However, because of all the STDs that he acquired from the orgies of the 60s, they somehow canceled each other out. He went on to become a health advisor, telling others that if they had unwanted sexual infections, to go be bitten by a rabid rodent. Excuse me, I meant rodent. This led to an increase in rabies infections across the United States. This led to the the man being arrested and found guilty of hundreds of cases of negligent homicide. His choices of punishment were to be beheaded by a rusty meat cleaver or to toil away cleaning elephant shit with a plastic teaspoon spoon. That man grew up to become Thomas Edison. I'm sorry, I mean Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing today? I got off on a technicality. <laughs> I could see you in the background channeling your inner uh, John... John Ralph. John Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what's going down. Um, <laughs> yeah, then that's ah! actually the true story of how I met Rudy Giuliani. And, you know, he was America's mayor. <laughs> he was. What is he now? Uh, I don't know. Fucking shit heel. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the, the so America's mayor, New York City sewers, the crypt keeper of of of, uh, of Midtown. That's right. 
That's right. So, I mean, how many times have you advertised your OnlyFans in Central Park, Rich? Um, pretty much whenever Keanu falls asleep and I can monopolize that bench. How often do you see Keanu at that bench, by the way? Every day. He looks so sad. Even when he's filming a movie, he takes a yeah. private jet back to that bench. Yep. He has a, he has a stand-in. <laughs> he has a stand-in at the movie just so he can go to the bench? No, at the bench, and I count that oh. as... Yeah, I you count don't want to lose the bench. I count that as seeing him. That's fair. That's fair. Well, how are you doing, man? Um, I'm alright. You know, world yeah. happening. Uh, I've been I've been making some images on the internet. That sounded ominous. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I had something I wanted to like bring up at the top of the show here, but I can't fucking remember it. So it probably it couldn't be important. And if it was, I'll just interrupt you in the middle of the show. You know what we could bring up? What's that? That we did that Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 2 podcast. We did. It was fun. It was a fun discussion. It was really fun. And you know what? It's up on the Patreon right now, actually. You can go, you, can, you can hear it, and you can hear what I thought about uh, the, the bats. Yeah, you had a lot to say about the bats. I, um, my biggest, I think my biggest and most controversial take of that podcast is that Master of Puppets is, is pretty cool. I think that was your second most controversial. What was my most controversial? Well, I mean, like, we recorded for Something an hour and a half, and you spent, like, I think it was about 57 minutes just talking about the bats. Yeah, well, they're very sexual. And they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty cool. I was surprised that you were breaking down, like, the anatomy of them, and... Well, how could you not? Like, you look at those, and you're like, va-va-voom, and then, like, your heart beats out of your chest like a cartoon character, and your jaw <laughs> hits the floor. Like your I'm tongue a, rolls out of your like your I'm your mouth like, like I'm a <laughs> yeah. fucking anthropomorphic staircase like I'm fucking Popeye smelling a pie on a windowsill. God, yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Tell well, me I'm more. Tell me it. more. Like, did he have a car? <laughs> no. But I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Did you know that? Do you know I'm, I'm glad you're here? I'm I'm glad to know that. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad the, we at, are here. At the podcast. You know who else I'm glad is here, Rich? Is it me, baby? No. But I'm also glad that that, <laughs> that caricature of a person that. is here. Oh, <laughs> but right, I'm, also jo- <laughs> I'm also joined by someone who told me that if I wrote another one of these stupid intros for them, they wouldn't give me any more ice cream. And Papa needs his sugar, okay? So please help me in welcoming Josh Fowler to the show. Josh, my dude, how you doing? I was trying to decide if I could do that accent. I don't think I'm going to nail it. What's up, um, my guy? <laughs> I, 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 I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, yeah. You just got something in the mail before the show, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Like... This happens every oh, now and I don't know if you guys do kit. this, where, like, you check the mail, and then, like, check your email later or whatever, and they're like, a package should have arrived, and you didn't see it. So mm. you, have to, you have to go recheck the mail, because apparently it's sitting there. Which, uh, half the time for me means it's on the wrong doorstep, but, uh, no, it was here this time, it just came after 
the usual mail run, so I had to go back for it, but... You know, imagine if a porch pirate came for that. I don't like that term. Okay. I don't know what else to call them, but like if a porch pirate came for that, would you think they'd be satisfied to learn that they uh, get to experience the story of Shinzo Abe? I mean, uh, Kojima? Um, I mean, he'd probably have to... Uh... Actually, you could probably track down a PS3 pretty pretty cheaply at this point from a pawn yeah, shop for somewhere. Sure, for sure. Probably. Um, probably a little disappointed because the resale on it is uh, negligible, and that's kind of the whole point of doing that. But, you know, maybe. Go sell it for 25 cents at a pawn shop. Exactly, exactly. Well, this isn't steel. even enough for a fleck yeah. of weed. Yeah, yeah, having a used game sent in like that, especially one that has the sticker on it from whatever, you know, GameStop mm. or whatever else on there. They open it up and immediately see that this thing was three bucks. Whoever, who knows how long ago? They're like, okay, all right. Then the porch pirates wander up with their blunder blust and they're like, righto then, we'll mm -hmm. be taking that. I don't, I don't know why they have that accent. Because they're pirates. Oh. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes fucking sense. guy doesn't even know anything about pirates. <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's that's a good morning, I think. Yeah, it, 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 it's fine. It, this was... I was... Yeah, anyway. It's, it's Metal Gear Solid 4, which I don't like, but... Incorrect. Yeah, you really opinions. buried the lead it's, there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get back around to that. Yeah, it was Metal Gear Solid 4, which I don't like, but it was the one missing from my collection. So I figured, after talking about it last week, that uh, I should just track down a copy of it, because since it was Metal Gear, it obviously sold well enough that it's not an expensive thing to get a hold of. and I should just mm. put it on my shelf and, you know, look at it wistfully every now and then. Guns of the Patriots, baby. Mm. And, and if I ever need a, a good fix of a, of a monkey wearing a diaper and drinking a Coke, I, I know where to get it from. It's one of the best parts of that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, Josh, I'm glad you're here, even if you have, uh, if you have uh, brought Metal Gear Solid 4 with you. Mm -hmm. Great game. And I'll have you guys know, uh, by the way, I'm Shay. I'm the host for today's episode. Thanks for having me. Never heard of you. But, yeah, me neither. But I got multiple messages after last week's episode saying, you really need to play Metal Gear Solid. Mm -hmm. I got multiple really? messages. Really? People had opinions about Metal Gear Solid? That doesn't sound likely. I know. I know. But believe it or not. Yeah, I'm surprised they let people that old even you know, communicate online at this point. It seems like that's a real <laughs> risk for getting, you know, their retirement scammed away from them. Logan's I, run for the internet. Like listen, when you man, reach a certain age, you can't, you can't operate on the internet anymore. Exactly. As, exactly. As someone who actually <laughs> likes their own Metal good. Gear, I know better than anyone that people have opinions about things and how you should enjoy them on the internet. And I know this because I've talked about anime before on the internet mm. and that's a mistake. Yeah, no, you don't do that. That's, that's the first rule of anime, is you don't talk about anime on the internet. Yeah. It's just like Fight Club. Also, don't 
talk about Fight Club on the internet because, as it turns out, most yeah, of the people no, watching kind Fight of the same Club problem. don't understand Fight Club. No, though, those are both a one-way track to 4chan. Talking about either of those chan things. Or for, you say poor chan or four chan? No, I said Pornhub. Like, if you called it poor chan, I, I, I thought that was kind of funny and witty. That's a, it's oh. clever, I guess, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Poor chan, yeah. No, I, I, I made the mistake one time of checking the One Piece subreddit, oh. and I will never do that again. Condolences. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, sorry that happened to you. It didn't, it didn't so much happen to me as I subjected myself to it, so I only have myself to blame. Yeah, I mean... There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with a little masochism. <laughs> Sometimes Between I need friends. to feel alive, yeah. guys. Sometimes I need to feel alive. Mm-hmm. I just want to feel something. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people cut, cut their wrists and dump salt into the open wound to feel alive. Me? I visit One Piece subreddits. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise that. Yeah, baby, that's a mistake. You don't want to do that. People be saying shit over there. Yeah, thanks, man. Huh. <laughs> I haven't named that character yet. Uh, well, you know, Fat Romano? never do. I don't know, baby. I don't know him. <laughs> you know, it sounds an awful lot. Um. Like Mark McKinney's uh, blues singer from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Little Doesn't bit. It? it? It sounds an awful lot like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, interesting. that's, that's interesting. That may, that may be too deep of a cut. For, yeah. Anyway. I know I didn't get it, but I believe, I believe you made Josh, the right. Josh is the only person I've been able to have a conversation with about the new Kids in the Hall. <laughs> so that joke is just for me and him. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And two, the two other listeners out there who get it. Yeah. Yep. But both of our fans from the... Canada. <laughs> let's get into the topic of the show. I'm really excited about this. It's one that, um, you know, I, I came up with this idea and then put it in our backlog. And I just went crazy with thinking of all the different possibilities of this format. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for this. So. We're going to start it off. Uh, there's not really a lot of rules to it. It's just that whether or not you believe in this as to be truth, you have to argue in favor of it. And I picked a pretty easy one for this week to start off the conversation. It might be a shorter conversation. It might be something where we all genuinely agree with it. But in the future, I'm definitely going to be picking harder topics and ones that not all of us are going to agree with. And um, I'm hoping that it's going to generate some humor and um, some interesting perspective from all of us. Whether just or not. so you know, when when applicable, when we do these episodes, because it pains me, I'm gonna have to start everything with the following comments. Not reflect my actual thoughts or opinions. Ah, uh, well, not for this one because I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've even thought about doing this like in the future, where we'll have like the listeners argue against whatever stance mm. we take, whether or not they agree with it. As well, you know what I mean. That sure, it's promising. People yeah. on the internet arguing. I don't. I don't know if that's going to catch on. <laughs> Who knows? We might have to. We might have we, to pay we just someone need to, to that find a way to idea. monetize their basest impulses. Yeah. Well, no one's going to think of something that can do that. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, who knows? <laughs> well, anyway, so 
This first topic, sports games are a real game. Rich, let's hear your argument. Why are sports games real games? Um, I mean, fundamentally speaking, they, they're literal digital representations of existing games. I'm, I'm pretty sure that makes them a game by default. Okay, well, that's the end of the topic. Let's move on. All right, I think we closed the, dro the door on that one. If the they're drawer. not the drawer if they're not real games then how do they have microtransactions checkmate exactly Christians. checkmate atheists <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously like if, if predatory monetization is the hallmark of the gaming industry at least the triple a space writ large at the moment I don't see how there's any way you could possibly say that sports games aren't just the pinnacle of the form. You don't yeah, have to think I, they're good games. I mean, I, I could see some people, you know, coming out of the work woodworks and say, you know, like true gaming and true a true T gamer TM would say that like that isn't what the the core experience of gaming is about like those microtransactions and those predatory behaviors of developers that they put in games so like i could see some people saying like because of that because of how rampant that those behaviors the microtransactions and predatory behaviors are in um these games that they're not real games are you saying fortnite's not a game well i think there's <laughs> I think <laughs> I like that you just like had a giggle out of like, it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that one really quickly. Um, I think that it has more gameplay value than something like a sports game on average. Yeah. I mean, it is also really predatory. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, They're about yeah. the same. I mean, FIFA I, well, at least uh, licenses the sport instead of stealing it whole cloth from, you know, the Among Us devs without paying them anything. But that's way funnier. I mean, I mean to, to, to counter your point, though, you know, unlike sports games, Fortnite, whenever they make new content, they, granted, they are using some assets, but they also, you know, generate and build upon largely what they did, whereas we look at that FIFA fiasco, where they just literally copy-pasted some of their assets. But, I mean, this isn't... Yeah, no, we're I, not supposed to be here talking against sports games, guys. This is No, 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 you're right, because... Again, Fortnite does license a lot of assets from, you know, Disney and Warner Music and, and everyone else they have mm. show up in their games. So, that, so they both really like giving money to the mob. <laughs> The elite one percent is that what you're saying? Well, no, I mean actual organized crime. Yeah, that's true. But no, that actually uh, that like that the made me think like that they're Correct. they're they're more alike than we think because they 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 both uh, make their gaming content with zero originality. Mm -hmm. They just lift from elsewhere. I see what you're saying. Ooh, exactly, roasted. exactly, and that's that's again. The pinnacle of gaming. As that an is art where form. it all starts. Um, I mean, I like, mean, even if you want something more cinematic, like uh, 
Like Metal Gear. Well, you know, you just remake Escape from New York. The greatest story ever if you told want a, in a, any medium. Mm-hmm. Or, hmm. or, or if you want a different sort of cinematic. Like a good zombie apocalypse story. You just remake The Road. 23 different times. Mm-hmm. And then you remake that remake. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see how remaking soccer or remaking basketball is anything other than... I mean, I think fun, like the most fun. Fundament- Anything other than tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the most fundamental, like this is a game, is just like we digitally we made a digital version of an existing game. Exactly. Like, it it ticks all the most basic boxes. Like, I mean, of the first it's a video one. Game. The first one, Pong. We remade tennis, but with computers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so from a technological standpoint, yes, it's a game. But what about like? emotionally or mentally makes you feel like this is a game. Like when you play the game, when you play a sports game, when you feel it just deep in your heart, like you're like, this is a real game. Why? Was it Madden uh, 2020? I think that was the one I liked where they put like a story mode in it where you go from like high school to college to the NFL and then they never Mm -hmm. tried doing it again. And it was actually, like, really fucking awesome. And I remember being mad about it after the fact. Like, the first game of, You remember like, being mad in about it? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like, if, like, you play, like, a high school game to start, like, and there's, like, a, an interesting narrative of you being, like, a quarterback going from, like, high school ball does, through college to the NFL. Does the ref get almost all the calls wrong in that high school game? To make yes. it more realistic? Uh, yeah, exactly. It, okay. It's, it, no, like, honestly, no, it's just like they turned, like, a classic Americana football movie into the story mode. And, like, granted, they don't do shit like that all the time anymore. In fact, they very rarely do in sports games. Um, but I really love that kind of stuff. And then we can even go further out than that and argue. Um, and I've brought this up plenty on this podcast before. My favorite sports games typically aren't even, like, the your base Madden or your FIFA or something like Mm. I like like NFL blitz is my favorite football game Mm. because it's dumb. Like arcadey sports games are the sports games that make me feel something because they're just more entertaining. Like blood bowl is fucking great. Oh yeah, it is. No, I mean like the, the, like to be honest with you guys, the sports games I've enjoyed the most in my childhood and adulthood have been exactly what you're describing, rich like NBA jam. Um, yes, exactly. I, NBA Jam is fantastic. NBA Jam is fantastic. Uh, NBA Street was another one that was uh, good for the PS2 era. Um, I think about... Remember NBA Playgrounds? Very, like, that sucks. What? Remember NBA Playgrounds where they're like, we're trying to do NBA Jam again, and then you played it and it was terrible? No, I don't remember it's that really, one. It's really bad. It, it was so bad um, that if you uh, bought it on Switch, I want to say... They gave you Shaq Fu 2 for free later, but that felt like more of a punishment than anything. <laughs> two. Fair point. Shaq Fu 2. Don't you remember that they made a Shaq Fu 2 a few years no, ago? No, no. That, that happened. I blocked they that out. gave it out to, for free to people like me who bought NBA Playgrounds. And I was like, I thought you were apologizing for the terrible thing you did in selling me <laughs> NBA Playgrounds. Why the fuck would you give me Shaq Fu 2? They, Why they you just want to make themselves look better mistake. by comparison. Well, I think it was like they learned their lesson with NBA Playgrounds. They're like, we can't charge people for this. No, I, I didn't know about that, the existence of that. But one of the things that I really got into growing up as well was a lot of the, and this was more during the PS1 era, 
they had like this this moment of extreme sports games like oh, not yeah, only yeah. the tony hawks pro skater games all but the, they had jet the, moto yeah they had um ssx tricky SSX which is tricky all yeah, the cool games game. are great those games were fantastic oh, yeah. and um that one of my favorites was this game called too extreme i don't know if you guys remember this game yeah. terrible title please go on yeah uh, too extreme one? was ba- the second one was my favorite all right you know this one extreme, two extreme, and three extreme. But basically, yep. there were like four extreme sports. There was mountain biking, inline skating, skateboarding, and snowboarding. I don't remember which was. Bas- it's been forever since I played these. You're going to have to refresh yeah. my memory. Back to the dark it's- ages of <laughs> playing right. these in garages and basements, wherever we could get yes. away from parents. Oh, this is oh, a... I do. miss those days, but... You unlocked on, the memory. Hold on, before I'm, anyone no, jokes, want, let you, me finish. I want you to finish first, but I, you unlocked a memory for me that I think okay, you'll both good. find interesting. Okay. Good. So, like, those are the four sports, and basically you would race, um, and you could choose from, like, I think it was, like, ten playable characters that were, just had different attributes, and as you're racing, you could punch people. And you oh, had to that's right. Avoid obstacles. That's right, I remember these now. Yeah, yeah, I knew we played more, more extreme sports games back, back in the day, but, like, obviously Cool Borders is the one that. We got cool borders was another that, that was great. We, we well. played a ton, ton of that, but I know we played a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many we had the actual game and how many were on demo discs, but right. Yeah, I, I, I played this one game called Rage Ball. It was on the PS One as well. It was probably another objectively a pr- what? It's another, another terrible ter- name. I, it was nineties. You know, eh, but that works. Everything for a 90s in the nineties had a terrible name. Yeah, maybe, but uh, basically, it was like a precursor to like pyre in some ways like i don't think pyre was influenced by rage ball from the emotional storytelling standpoint you mean no from the gameplay standpoint is what i'm saying (laughs) are you sure (laughs) yes but um basically you would just control like a five on five team and they basically just played handball with powers essentially is what happened it was fun back in the day but i imagine it probably it was my fun my excitement of the game making it good more than it objectively being good but i really enjoyed those those sports games back in the day um and like some like some of those sports games still have a lot of nostalgia and positive memories for me yeah for sure rich what were you gonna say okay yeah this is a really weird thing to think about and i'm wondering if you guys ever had any experience seeing anything like this because um when i was in high school we had like a a weight room you could go to for phys ed if you wanted to. And like it was in the basement. Um, And in my senior year, we got this thing that was relatively new in the the weight room, which was and on the back wall, there was a projector and there were four exercise bikes and there was a PS2 hooked up to these exercise bikes and the projector. And I believe it was like one of the MX versus ATV games where the exercise bikes controlled (laughs) your speed. That's what? pretty great. And this was a thing we could do for Phys Ed. <laughs> That's smart. That's cool. And it was very cool. <laughs> no, I didn't have that. Like, Not I even necessarily to... in school, but I'd just be like, have you, have you remember ever seeing anything like that? Uh, I, rem- I remember like the golf swing simulators, but... Yeah, like a the... virtual driving range type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, those things, but I don't, I don't remember... No, I remember... I... I think this was an arcade game where it was like you were pedaling a bike, but it was like to fly, like you were like 
feels like a bike-powered flying machine game thing. This this is one of those things where, like, looking back, I feel like there had to be a teacher who, like, knew about this and got the district to spend money on it. Yeah. This was clearly some kind of breakout box that hooked up to these, like, exercise bike models that they had. Yeah. And they were able to, like, get a PS2 hook to it, and this game was rigged to use the bikes as an input. That's cool. The PS2 did a bunch of weird stuff like that, because it had those... It was... Add USB ports so you could plug in a variety of shit to it. So you ended up yeah. with the weird stuff like the eye toy and the that the Logitech headset, the the SOCOM headset. Um, you know, I did that, download but not start yet because it is on the new PS Plus like extended library, like a an Ubisoft game I wanted to play back in the day but never picked up, uh, which was Steep, which is kind of that open oh, world yeah. SSX tricky like thing where you have access to like skis, snowboards, I think like hang gliders on the fly and you just have access to this open world mountain. Like those extreme sports okay. games are still a ton of fun. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think so. Yeah. I I miss a lot of the games from that era. I do. I I also yeah. think that there've been some good sports games uh recently as well and Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that sports games have been kind of bogged down with like their formula kind of stuff where Kind of the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, which is the microtransaction and predatory behaviors. But I think that there are still yeah. some decent sports games being made out there, even if they're kind of masquerading as narrative-driven games, like like a Pyre, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's easy to dismiss them now because it's it's harder to find. Like the NBA isn't just giving out their license to whoever. Kind of like we get we ended, we ended up with just a variety of NBA games back in that PS One era. Um, yeah, and you know with mixed results, but it seems like most of the franchises are way more picky about who can make a game now. Um, they really are, yeah. And it's kind of a shame because, like, I I don't see how anyone else making like an NFL or an NBA game would really hurt the brand of the main, you know, the Madden series. It could really only serve or, to promote it more so, one yeah. would think. Yeah, like, I, I kind of, I don't know. It does seem like it's unfortunately not seeing quite as much experimentation, like you're saying, other than every now and then someone will be like, all right, we're putting in a campaign or like a weird sim mode. Uh, and those are really neat how it it's not as common as it used to be, but every now and then you just get something that's really cool because someone actually does care about doing something new in the space. And it's really cool when you see that. Um, yeah. Cause it just, it, it pops up out of nowhere and it'll surprise you. Like it makes you wonder if like, for me, it makes me wonder if there has been like this shift uh, amongst the general gaming population, the gaming public, whatever you want to call it, to where they're less accepting, uh, on average, less accepting of these weird titles, or it's more like the developers think that these won't generate as much money, therefore they're not worth the time mm. and effort um, to make them. But I Possibly? mean, I guarantee you, like people have been clamoring for years for a new NBA Jam game. Like the last yeah. one that came out was. Uh, I think it was 2011, and that was a fantastic game. It was right. such a good um, successor to the 
the original NBA Jam and NBA Jam Tournament Edition for the SNES and Genesis. Um, yeah. It was such a good game. And I, I, I recently played it a few times, and I was like, damn, I would love a new NBA Jam game. Well, that's why NBA Playgrounds, it. like a few years back, was such a big. I buzz, think they were trying that was, to. Do that was that again, the talk but, around yeah. it. Was like this is going to be the successor to NBA Jam, and then it was fucking awful. Mm. <sighs> it's it's hard, but like that being said, like so we can get back on topic here a little bit. I I mean, for me, I definitely think sports games are real games because at the end of the day. Like when we are sitting down to play games, on average, for a lot of people, I, I wouldn't say for everybody, obviously, we all have kind of our different motivations, but for a lot of people, we're using games to relax and wind down or, you know, to temporarily not think about our own lives or what's happening in the world around us, you know, and video yeah. games are such a good example of that they help us you know like deal with trauma or they help us deal with stress and like the various things we're dealing with in life and i think sports games while they can be stressful and while they can be predatory nowadays they absolutely help with that and maybe i'm not the personal yeah. clientele for some of those newer more modern video uh sports games but in the past i've really enjoyed them and when there's kind of a more innovative version of that sports game model, I enjoy it. And so I think while it's not always the, the style of game I really enjoy, I very much think they're real games because they hit the same reason why I and so many people like and enjoy video games. Yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. No, 100%. I, I think like at its most basis term, like there's no, I don't think there's a compelling argument for, sports games are not real video games i think you're like just it's being you're arguing semantics and being silly at that point I, yeah i, I think yeah. That, like there's some elitists out there you know who think, oh yeah like, oh, no this there's absolutely exactly like those are the same people who claim if you you know summon spirits and elden ring you're not actually playing the game even though the you game cheated. the game not is just horribly game, balanced if you don't use spirits in that game because it's just it's it's meant to use them like that's they put them in the game for that fucking reason um, it's a feature not a bug exactly um i understand if it's not your thing but yeah no we see this with gamers all the time like gamers tm yeah yeah th there's a lot of gatekeeping and i think that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to discuss this because i think there's been a lot of gatekeeping in the past with this exact topic of like sports games not being real games because this or that and i've never really understood the discourse for saying video games or sorry sports games are not real video games i've never understood the discourse that surrounds that that discussion it's a uh i i genuinely this is like a the, totally different topic. the only thing I, that i could possibly see from it and this is old discourse at this point was that for a long time there were people who bought a console and bought FIFA or but you know the Madden game and that was literally the only game they ever played um like there was yeah, a those sizable people also play Call of Duty yeah yeah exactly but like there is a sizable portion or was at some point I don't think they're that big of a part of the audience I mean obviously just because of how much they're they're buying from from the industry 
Um, but there was, honestly, if I'm being cynical, probably an industry started talking point about how someone who buys it and only, you know, plays Madden is not a real gamer. And I think that's more the angle a lot of this came from. And again, being cynical, that seems like something the industry would have started because we fucking need to move more units. These assholes are buying one game and playing it for the entire lifespan of the console. Bro, which, I played Barbie's Horse Adventures too. Yeah, I'm like, like, come on, guys. Like, if you buy a game, enjoy it. There's no reason. Like, come on, come on. Let people play what they want to play. I, I just, I don't think. Like, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying you're you're agreeing with them. I just don't see that point because, like, how is yeah, that no. any different? That how is that any different than, like somebody in their 40s or 50s feeling really nostalgic for playing Super Mario World going to buy a... Oh, fucking seriously. I don't like know how many people... It, it, SNES it's not. And just playing that answer. game. Yeah, like, I don't know how many people I knew who owned an NES with only the Mario and Duck Hunt cartridge. That's it. Yeah. Like, that was, that was the game you had. No one gave I, anyone I, I think... shit about only having the one game if it was that. Frankly, that is one of the best single you know, executable so in game, all of gaming game history, but yeah. still, like, a lot of people did that. A lot of people bought the one thing, and that was how you experienced gaming at that time. Um, well, I, th- I think you bring up a really good point, Josh, that that's probably been started by companies and the industry to move more units, because I think... At the end of the day, if somebody's like, man, I'm feeling nostalgic, I'm going to go buy an SNES and buy Donkey Kong Country. They're not going to get shit for that. They're going to be like, I get that. But like, uh, like uh, again, gamer TM is going to be like, I get that. But if I were to buy, um, I don't know, a PS5, finally get a hold of one, and the only game I played was... what what is that? What is that game that came out last year? The Pew Pew video game that's PS Five exclusive. Returnal. Yes, Pew that Pew? game. It's a great game. Returnal. Yeah, yeah. The Pew Pew game. Yeah. Um, and if I only played that, I guarantee I would get shit from gamers like, "Oh, there's so many good PS Five games. Why why you only play that one?" And it's, Which and it's I like, mean, come on, guys, you're. You're lying to yourselves. I mean, there's. I mean, I'd give you shit because you do a video game podcast. Yeah, that that well, literally I, I be mean, the only imagine reason. Imagine if I was just an average Joe. Outside average of that, Joe Rogan. Y- y- your options are DLC for a Spider-Man game that came out a while ago and a remake a really of Demon's Souls. A really good one. A really. Yeah, no, good the, both one. of those are excellent, but also, like, uh, like it's, yeah. Or DLC for a Final Fantasy VII remake. A yeah. really good one. <laughs> also true. All those uh, DLCs are really good, guys. Yeah, no, no I, was, I was talking like as far as like PS5 exclusives, but yeah. Yeah, quality content. No. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean like in terms of like the sports conversation. Yeah, so no. we don't get too deviated. Yeah, I like I, I see your po- point to some degree. It's like even some of those sports games came prepackaged with some of the older consoles as well. So oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that being like, oh, you're not a real gamer because you haven't bought a real game yet. But I, I don't know. I've never got into that whole discussion or that whole discourse because it's like, man, if you only like playing sports games, like I don't necessarily get that because there are so many amazing games out there. But I mean, if that's what you want to do yeah. with your money and your time, who I mean, am I yeah. to judge you? 
This exactly. I think I think the money and time aspect are the important part of that because I I I do think that's really limiting yourself as far as what you can experience from it. But also, who the fuck has the time to play everything? We we certainly don't. You're going to miss something. You can't play everything. So if someone like we're all picking and choosing what we're playing. If someone has less time and chooses to play whatever game that is, leave them the fuck alone. Like they're they're happy with that. Like if, right. If it if it offends you that much, maybe buy him a game. Be like, here, you should really try this. Here, I'll I'll yeah. gift you a game or something. Like the come, like, solution couldn't possibly be generosity. Get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. Shit. Right. <laughs> I'll like. And I think about it from another angle, too, is, like, sports games are not exempt from this. Like, if I'm, if I'm playing a video game, and I'm playing a really hard one, I'll get angry, right? Like, oh, yeah. like I, I have brief thoughts of wanting to break my fucking controller <laughs> over my knee. Yeah. And, listen, sports games are not exempt from that. Sometimes mm-hmm. sports games piss me off that much as well. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like... They check like you guys like like Rich was saying at the beginning. They check all the the sports games check all the boxes for being an actual game. Vidya. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think part of the reason I've not really kept up with sports games as much lately is because I think they really flourish in like a couch co op environment. Like this is sports games were something kind of along with fighting games that I had a lot more fun in high school or 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 whenever I had friends or in, in college. When there are friends close by that you could sit down and play a game with at any time, be like, "Let's play around a Street Fighter." Yeah, like, and Let's and play I think some fucking exactly, Madden, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think sports games are still doing that pretty well with their online features, but I just the group of friends I have aren't into sports games, so it's not ticking that box for me. Like I don't I don't get the but what competition should... with someone I know sort of Bye. feeling. But what you should be doing is whenever someone's like, oh, I only play sports games, be like, how can you only play sports games? Do you know that there's a video game called Timberborn about a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world that is taken back over by super intelligent beavers mm-hmm. and you're only playing Madden? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. It is true. It is true. Oh, and like, yeah, e- even all jokes aside, think about it another way. Like, one of the greatest pleasures of playing a video game is getting to play with your friends, whether it's couch co-op oh, yeah. or online nowadays. And sports games are great at that. Yeah, I think that's where they shine the best. Um, like yeah, yeah. I prefer when my sports games have Yoshi in them. Are you talking about Mario Tennis right I'm now? Talking about any Mario's board game. Oh, okay. Mm. Fair enough. You know, if Fair Yoshi's going to be in there, I'm sorry, I, 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 have, to, I have to get this out. If right, Yoshi's going to be in your game, no matter what it is, one of his powers slash drawbacks needs to be that you're actually playing with a ball shaped like one of Yoshi's eggs. Sometimes he does that. To make that. it that much harder. Yeah, sometimes he does that. And Sometimes, but I think every time. I think if Yoshi's going to be there, the ball needs to be an egg. I think that's fine. <laughs> There's no yeah. rules anymore. They let Chain Chomp play tennis. I mean, there never should have been rules. That's huh. the point. The first rule, no rules. Second rule, have fun. Yeah. 
I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Well, I mean, we're we're never there... gonna get over these Thirty Rock references. <laughs> never. You know, what I was I was watching last night was uh I was watching uh, rewatching I should say Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and I was surprised that that's I don't good. hear Rich quoting that. That's show. another that's another banger. Another... I do quote I do yeah. quote that quite often. I love uh, that show daily so life. Much. You know what? You know what's a Kimmy Schmidt bit I think of all the time because it's so dumb and I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, the uh the Teddy Ruxpin bit with the, the I do love that. Goes, hey, white lady. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching some of the earlier episodes and I was like, uh, this show it's got so off good. to such an amazing start, like right off the gate. And I I completely forgot about it until watching it last night. The Pinot Noir caviar, caviar. Pinot, Noir. Pinot Noir midsize car, <laughs> Pinot Noir. Mid-sized uh, car. I don't remember. Candy bar. Get out of here, Lillian. I'm lemonading. <laughs> oh, man. That really is a That's what this place is. Chappelle it's in a pot shit the bed for them so hard, and they kind of... It kind of screwed up the whole thing. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. yeah. That's what this place is. It's in a building. It's not a tugboat that's been turned upside down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I have to watch that show. Like, the whole thing again now. Oh, yeah. I love that show. Including but the choose-your-own-adventure ending to it. I haven't watched the movie yet, so I realized that. Oh, I still it, no, it, it's a it's a choose your own adventure. Your own adventure. Is Ending. it really? Yeah, it's it's just like those the you know the all the books from the nineties. Oh damn, I need to. It's watch a choose that. your own adventure. Ending to the series. <laughs> one of my uh, was, you know it's a great underrated joke in like one of the early episodes of that show uh, when Jacqueline's uh, watching the kids and they're like, "Do you guys want to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?" And she just like lifts a sewer manhole and lets them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is a great bit. I you know what part I forgot about that makes me laugh every time is when Kimmy Schmidt first goes to Jacqueline's house, and she's like, "Do you want a water?" And Kimmy's like, "No," and she just takes it and throws it in the garbage. Yeah. I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot about that." She's like, "Okay," and just chucks the full bottle in the garbage can. Oh, truly amazing. Yeah, great show. But I mean, I think that's it for the topic. Obviously, I picked an easier one just because I wanted to kind of see how the topic will go. In the future, I'm definitely going to pick ones that are harder and it's going to make some of us wrestle with our own mm. personal feelings to argue in favor of that. And I'm hopefully I'm going to, like I said, generate some ideas to I maybe like it. make it jokingly a little bit more antagonistic so I can amp up the drama, obviously. That's um, the plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all need more and drama. Anything to make us mildly entertaining. <laughs> that's the ultimate goal <laughs> i know i know we we need to entertain you out there listening to us we we know we know we get it we get it we we read your fucking comments all right we know <laughs> we what you're do. saying i'm gonna type i'm gonna type cookie monster becomes a mormon into the image generator and see what happens the cookie monster is a mormon see is all the little cookie, cookie monster becomes a mormon yeah yeah well, I, I, we're not going to wait around to see the results of that because we're going to go on a commercial break. We'll be right back. Psst, Shay. Shay, you there? Yeah, what's up? I don't know if Josh can hear us. I hacked into his edit of the podcast so we could plug the other shows. Quick, we got, you got you to tell me what kind of new shows we have on the horizon. What's going on? What's in the feed? Okay, so it was like I was saying to my friend the other day that freedom isn't free, bitch. 
That's a reference for no one, but that is hilarious. <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about new episodes of Evoking the Sublime. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that podcast that I recently got three new episodes up on. Yeah. Thanks for pitching that, man. Thanks for plugging that. No, I am legally obligated to. Well, I heard you got some episodes up on uh, Jumping at the Bits. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we got a new one up on Kirby, where we talk about all about his history, his first two games in depth, and his just general facts about him overall. Oh, oh shit! Here comes Josh. Uh, Josh, we were just we were just telling the people about uh, Chomping After Dark and nothing else, like you requested. Maybe maybe you could tell them a little bit about that. Chomping After Dark. Yeah, yeah you, you remember that? In- yeah, you know that one. While I'm editing, how, how did you get here? It's not important. The point is, Chopping After Dark is a show where we spoil video games and sometimes movies. I heard we do comic books occasionally and TV shows, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Occasionally we do do those things. Yeah, and you said doo-doo. <laughs> I did say doo-doo. It's funny because it comes from your butt. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, anyways, Josh, we'll let you get back to editing. Sorry about interrupting you. How did they even get into this edit? What's up, everyone? We're back. Um, Feels so good to be back from our break. We are going to talk about games now, and we're going to kick it off with some more Cuphead, the last delicious, the delicious last course talk. Um, I have to make sure I get that right, because um, there's a funny little bit there. If you abbreviate delicious last course, it spells DLC. Correct. So you can say the Cuphead DLC DLC. What? The Cuphead DLC DLC. I'm pretty sure we already had this conversation on the podcast. We did. Really? We did. Jesus. That's fucking clever, man. That's, that is, I know. Clever. I fucking hate you. Sir. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. But now we're going to talk about this game a little bit more because now it isn't just me who's played it. It's also the other guys who have played it at this point. Um, how far have you guys gotten into the DLC at this not point? Not very. Yeah, yeah, not very. The, apparently the having not played it in a long time and then trying to learn how to do it in co-op was, was a lot was bigger a hurdle than we expected. <laughs> not was... only co-op, but a brand new character well, who plays co- yeah, very differently. Yeah, co-op, a brand new character, and then also with with latency because there's there's no online play for that game yeah here it's time for me to talk a little shit here yeah all right i didn't i never realized this how is there no online co-op in cuphead yep yep they should come on fucking put the net code in there that's crazy so you guys have only played the dlc as co-op and that's it so yeah and we had to use the steam share uh because because there's no built-in co-op. Yeah. Um, like, there wasn't a ton of... Pro- Here's the thing. When you're playing Cuphead, Cuphead's hard enough as it is. It's way busier with two people playing. And all, so I was fighting... Well, we spent some time just trying to relearn the game in general. And then I was fighting against having started to relearn playing Mugman. And then switching to Miss Chalice, who plays very differently. Mm. Um, obviously, everything's crafted really nicely. Uh, like it looks beautiful. The f- fucking you can see how many more frames of animation they use on some of these newer bosses as compared yeah. to the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality is there. It's just it's 
going to be a little bit of a time sink for me to get back in the groove, and I think it's going to be easier to do solo at first, at least. I, I think that's probably smart, because I actually, um, after I beat the core gameplay, um, I brought my girlfriend over, and we had been playing co-op and we tried some of the newer levels and some of the or newer bosses and some of the old, older bosses in co-op yeah. and it helped me a lot being able to just go through the core the the new game um the dlc and the core game mm. by myself because like i said i prepared the week before to play yeah. um the dlc by playing the core gameplay and it helped a lot for me kind of refreshing my memory of how to play the game and everything but it also helped me because, like, obviously I was teaching her how to play the game. She wasn't really familiar with it. And <clears throat> once she got a handle on the game, um, we were rolling. Like, we were rolling through bosses. Like, we started on yeah. simple, got to regular, and then we were going through expert bosses. We were kicking ass. And so, I mean, I think probably latency is probably a part of that issue for you guys. And yeah, it's definitely not the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to pretend like that's the whole issue. Oh, yeah. Was... No, no. We were dying at the same time a lot of the time. Uh, like it's we got just... to a groove on a few bosses where like all we need to do is time our deaths appropriately so we can keep reviving. As long each as other. we just die three seconds apart over and over again, we can get then through we'll anything. Be okay. <laughs> that's a big part of it. And it's like yeah. it's like a plus and minus to the game, too. Like when you're playing co-op is that if your friend dies, you can always um, you can always parry off of their their soul, essentially, and revive them. But there are times where you're kind of like counting on that. And yeah. you get to a point where you're like, fuck, if I go and parry this person, I'm going to die. But yeah. if I don't, we you're are going to die. die. Yep. Yep. Yes. It's, it's uh, like it's it's all a balancing act. Can I say the new ways. the new menu music when you fire up the game is a banger? Yes. Cup head. Yeah, I, I love that men, uh, that new menu music or the intro music, whatever you want to call it. I love that a lot. Um, what bosses did you guys fight so far? We, uh, we messed around with that, like, king challenge thing for a little bit, where you gotta keep doing the parrying, Mm. and then the, like, again, keep in mind that we played a bunch of, like, the old bosses first to just kind of get in the groove. Smart. Um, Uh, we did the, um, I forget what it's called, but the one with, like, the spider, where it's, like, the bootlegger mobster kind of... Yeah, I can't remember the boot, yeah. Bootlegger something, but I can't remember the name, though. I I think it might be, like, bootlegger boogie. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. that. That's right. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, that's that boss was tough. For there is a str- lot going on, and there's like three there really tiers is. of platforms. Mm-hmm. That is a tough boss fight. That's a, that's up. another one. Given the where, where they put the parable stuff, that uh, it's it's made for Miss Chalice because I noticed since Rich was playing that, there were an awful lot of times where I'd go to try to parry something, and I'd. I'd land on the next platform up instead of parrying, <laughs> just because the jump yeah. height is like it's it's just designed that way. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit frustrating. Be like, all right, I'm trying to trying to revive Rich or something like that, and I'd have to chase mm. him all the way up to the top of the screen before I could finally parry off of him. And then well, I, I would try and revive him, and I can't remember. How, I'm like, oh right, Miss Chalice's <laughs> parry works differently. Yeah, that I would say that's my like one. If I had any complaints against the DLC or Miss Chalice or anything like that, I think that's my one complaint is that you can tell definitely some of the newer levels were designed specifically to play as her for that exact reason, like you're mentioning, Josh. Yep. Um, but her parry, her dash parry is sometimes a really big hindrance, especially in some of 
the original levels. Like, think about uh, King Dice. Yeah. When you go against yep. him and his cards. Like, exactly, almost exactly. Im- almost impossible to do that, that dash uh, parry with her. Um, like, some, some of that is incredibly difficult. And that's, that's my, like, one minor, like, minor complaint. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Like, I mentioned that last week, how it's, it seemed like maybe some of them weren't going to work that well, and mm. we, we thought it maybe they'd like address it. kind of the case. But it seems but like, I, no, no, like, some of them are just really going to be I mean, that I much guess harder. at the end of the day, like, I think it was like, you'd think they'd want to do that, but at the end of the day, you don't really need to, because it's not like you support three players now, and... You could always just not be Miss Chalice, and also Miss Chalice isn't broken yeah. out like it's truly a separate character. It's broken out like an equipable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, and that that equipable I think makes perfect sense because like she has some really good advantages in in her own way. That if if you had her with all her advantages and like the smoke oh, yeah. dash, yeah, she'd be, be just OP. Also, I bet you like that. The way her dash works, I, I mean, I can't pick any out off the top of my head, but I bet you there are some bosses in the base game that she might make easier because of that. I will say absolutely mm-hmm. is the case. And I will tell you this, she makes run and gun levels fucking Oh, oh yeah, having got, a double she's jump. She's got a double jump. Having yeah. a double jump for run and gun. As, well, as, she's, got, she's got a million things. She's got a double jump plus an air dash. Like, and she's a dodge got plus an extra bar, movement uh, abilities. Thing of health. Extra health, a dodge roll. Yeah, like she's got... Exactly. Like it's it's not her standard dash, but she's got essentially a smoke dash as long as you're on the ground. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So like the the running gun levels, I will tell you this because I've been running through most of the core game with her now. I'm yep. almost done with it with the core game on expert with her. Mm-hmm. Um running gun le- levels are much simpler. Oh yeah. Much simpler with her. Um, it's like a night and day difference. Some of, some of the bosses are much easier. Like think back to the first zone inkwell aisle one with the slime boss. You guys remember the slime boss? Yeah. Yeah. Because he we gets big and he tries tree. to hit you. You can just dash or jump over him super easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's He's, one of the bosses we re cleared on the, on the stream actually. Yeah. yeah. That one's pretty fun. That's, that's a good, that's a good entry level fight to the game. Um, because, because she has um in airplane mode she has like a three three round uh three way burst fire to yeah. her gun that makes some of those those levels a little bit easier and the way her bombs drop instead of like a big single bomb in the the powerful shooting mode yeah. she has like they're like i don't know they're like little cherry bombs essentially that drop out of her plane really quickly okay. sure so I mean, like some of those levels are are a little bit easier with her, um, for sure. I'd believe it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that just having her automatically makes the game easier as well. Because yeah. I can tell you right now, from personal experience, definitely a case makes by me case a little thing. bit. It makes me a little bit more brazen when I'm playing as her because I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, I have an extra thing of health. Um, she has all these abilities. I I'll walk through this, and I find myself taking more risks when I normally wouldn't. So yeah. And I don't think that her abilities make the game that much more overpowered. It makes it, a, it does make it a little bit easier, but not well, that much easier. It's like any series of upgrades. It's like, well, her skill set is better suited for this particular encounter. Like, it's a right. case-by-case thing. I, yeah, I, like, I, yeah that, exactly. Because she gets so many upgrades from a single accessory slot, occasionally it's just 
really fucking it's strong. It's just like, yeah, the Miss Chalice build is real good here, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. Well, exactly. This game is still in very some, hard. You don't levels, need to feel bad. The boomerang bad. shot is ridiculously overpowered because it's way easier to not face the boss. We, but like, we talked earlier yeah. about not feeling bad about engaging with parts of the game. Don't feel bad about using the chalice to make an encounter easier. Cuphead's a very hard game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I like for a little bit, I almost started feeling guilty about using her, you know, in the core game, and I was like, you know what? I already cleared this game. Why, exactly. Why I've already beaten that game it? without getting hit. I I have no qualms about doing whatever the fuck else at this point. Yeah. Just because. And I think that's what's beautiful about it coming out this many years later, even though it seemed like an extremely long wait, is that it adds like another reason to play the game. It's like a whole oh, yeah. other reason because she plays so differently. And it's not only that, too. This this is one of the other things I wanted to talk about with you guys are the new shots in the game. Have you yeah. guys used those at all yet? No, because we started a new file to play co-op, and those are after you've unlocked a bunch of the other stuff. So, so it, it took us like an yeah. hour just to get into the DLC stuff. Yeah, we were, we were okay. re-unlocking stuff that, you know, we had from forever ago. So I, I, so there are three new shots in the game, um, and I wrote about it in detail. I actually wrote a review. Rich, is that up by now? Probably. Um, I did not get a chance to edit it today. It'll be up it'll, by the time people By the time you're podcast. listening to this, it'll be up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I detail the shots in there. I would say one of them is absolutely like essential. Like it was it was a shot that I was like, why wasn't this in the core game? Because it's so good. And I don't I don't want to spoil that for you guys. Like it's, I know it's minor, but um yeah, I was surprised that I used it so much and now I, I've been using it through the core game. And that honestly, that shot has made the game easier than using Miss Chalice. Uh, that that shot is so fucking powerful and good. Hmm. I, I was so surprised that it wasn't in the core game, but um, yeah, we may have to go back and uh, play some original levels just to unlock stuff because sure. we, yeah, yeah. We we're missing a lot of coins by starting a new file and going right into the DLC. Yeah, the DLC, the way you unlock the coins is doing that that King's Court stuff, and you can also yep. find a few coins in in the world. Like if you do her tutorial, yeah, yeah, same but as the original. again, most yeah, of the coins from are from the main campaign. Right, exactly. Yeah. If you're starting from scratch, that's that's a little rough. Yeah, because there there's so many. Yeah, we scraped by to get the can... the smoke dash and the uh, the scatter shot, which are both kind of necessary. Like the scatter shot, especially just to, we needed our base to weapon. not have the base weapon as the only option there. Option. Yep. Yep. Exactly, but no, I think as you guys will get into the DLC more, there's one shot you'll unlock, and um, you guys will really end up liking that a lot, that one shot. And I have to tell you guys this, I'm so, so impressed with the new bosses that they they integrated into the DLC. Um, so obviously, like, each Inkwell Isle, there are five bosses that you fight. And then um, there's actually a hidden sixth boss in the in the the DLC, and I'm not going to detail on the podcast how to get access to that. But um, it was such a creative boss, like the the creativity for these these encounters is off the charts in this DLC. I was so impressed with what they did with this DLC. Like I think, like. 
I do like a lot of the bosses in the core game a lot, but some of the bosses in the DLT, DLC just vaulted up to be in top tier, some of my favorites. Uh, yeah. There's, there's one. This is the one like minor spoiler I will give. There's a boss that you fight, and it's like this snow, snow arena that you fight this boss. And it's like, because of the animation, it almost reminds me of fucking like 1970s Scooby-Doo. And I loved it. The Hanna-Barbera? Yes. That's how it's pronounced. Yes. Exactly. But, um... Yeah, I, I've... I've I devoured that DLC. I'm done with it at this point. Like I said, I'm almost done with running as uh, Miss Chalice throughout the core gameplay. Oh, yeah. Um... On Expert again. Just oh, because yeah. I, I, I've really been enjoying getting back into this game. I've yeah, been wanting it was, it was to kicking our ass on stream there, but... Seeing seeing the new content, it was it was it was it, it was really it's satisfying. Um, it's good, but at the same time, like it was getting so hectic and so not yielding results because of the chaos of the co-op. But I think we were both like, I don't think I could do this anymore right now. Yeah, but anyway, I point point being, a- after playing what I did, I I definitely plan on going back and. At least getting all the new achievements for uh, for the DLC because I'm I'm yeah yeah I some of those achievements are a little bit hard not super hard but they're a little bit difficult I I would recommend it I yeah I haven't gotten all of the achievements for the DLC yet I'm pretty sure I will I but, need to look at that uh, list I I kind of assume that there's one to go through the rest of the campaign as Miss Chalice or there fucking ought to be. I've not I'm looked, pretty sure there I've is. not there, looked there are at some that hidden, list yet. Hidden so. ones like the core game as well. So yeah, I haven't looked up exactly what those are quite yet, but I plan to. Mm-hmm. But and it's uh, yeah, I I love this game. I I wrote a full review. I I went into a lot more detail than I'm gonna go into here on the podcast. I went into a lot of detail on that DLC just because I had so much fun with it. Um, like Rich said, by the time you're hearing this, it will be up on the site. So go ahead, head over there and check that out if you want to, you know, get the full breakdown of this It's something this I'm, I'm going to take care of on the weekend, so I'm sure it'll be up a day or two before then, and I'll tweet about it. I'm sure Shale post something on the Instagram, so you'll probably have seen it by now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, definitely check that out if you have, have been yearning to play Cuphead again or curious about the DLC. Um, I, I, you know, like... Essentially, I'm saying it's fucking worth your time for the low amount of money that it costs. Seven dollars worth your time. So, um, yeah. Well, let's move on to a game that I'm curious about that I'm going to be picking up as soon as this podcast is done. Actually, Gwent Rogue Mage. Uh, Rich had dropped on me that the single player was now available, and I thought to myself, hasn't that always been available for Gwent? And he said, No, no that's been the multiplayer only. But now they have like a single player campaign that you can play. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know that wasn't out yet. And then so he started to describe it to me and he said, you know what? Let me just tell you about it on the podcast tomorrow. Well, there there was never, as far as I could tell, an intent for them to have a single player for it. Um, They just put out Gwent. It was a multiplayer experience, Uh, you know, Hearthstone style, build a deck, play people online. That's all well and fine. Um, the problem I always had with it was I liked Gwent just fine, but I didn't have a very deep fundamental understanding of it. And trying to learn that online against people who already know how to play it is not fun. Mm. 
Um, so they put out a standalone expansion called Gwent Rogue Mage, uh, which is a single-player roguelite take on Gwent. Um, it, the narrative tells the story of the mages, the mages, plural, two mages, who actually, um, created the first Witcher, so that's interesting in and of itself, uh, where the battles in it are basically... You go area by area, it is a, a roguelike run uh, where, kind of like Inscription, a game I like quite a bit, you're looking at like a board game style map and moving from encounter to encounter. Some of them are like, here's a chest where you get um, more cards that you can add to the deck, or here's, you know, a challenger, and it'll be like, oh, the rogue alchemist, and it'll have a deck built around like this alchemy idea, and you play a game of Gwent. And unlike the multiplayer one, this game does a pretty good job of teaching you how to play Gwent, um, giving you a good deck to start your run with and letting you mm. kind of burn or add cards as you go uh, to build a deck around that. And it just, yeah, it's $10. Um, I put about an hour and a half, two hours-ish in it so far. Um, it's fun. Gwent is a good card game. People really attach themselves to it for a reason. Um, and just having a good, like, AI-driven experience to play Gwent again is fun. And if anything, when I come out the other end of this and when I'm feeling more confident, I'll probably feel a little bit more encouraged to engage with the multiplayer aspect of it. Hmm. Yeah, I, like, the, it brings the question, Rich, and I, I think this is something we've talked about, like, way far in the past of our podcast, because we've talked about Gwent and it being one of the main reasons why so many people really jived with witcher 3 it's one of the many reasons I there are a lot say. of people who would just log into witcher 3 to like go play a few games of gwent i know i spent a good 20 hours playing gwent exclusively but it brings the question wh why aren't more developers making bitch. their what thirsty bitch I'm, so <laughs> I'm sorry i couldn't help it. i was like i need some water i need some water right now no um but it <laughs> Why don't more developers make these mini games standalone games? Why, why are developers not taking cues from like this, like Gwent? Because like think about it, like hmm. if if Final Fantasy X had come out when the digital age was available, if they had made Blitzball a standalone game, I would have bought it. It would have to be pretty. It would have to be good for that to work, though. I would still buy it regardless because I love Blitzball that much. Sure. You know. um, I mean, what, what, think, or think about this the new, like, New Horizon Forbidden uh, West game with their mini game. That oh, tabletop. Man. Yeah, RPG. yeah. I wrote an article about why they should do that. That was a banger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like. Machine Hunt. That game's great. It is a fan. It's the best part of the game. Why are more developers not taking cues from this? Uh, development cost, the idea of making another game, I, I don't think... Gwent, it became clear very quickly that the audience was there. I don't think that's always the case. Um, also, you kind of need to expand that out a little. Gwent being maybe an exception because hmm. that game's pretty fleshed out to begin with. Like, the, the Blitzball example, you need to flesh that out a bit more. Um, even, not Blitzball, but Final Fantasy... Square Enix has done the right thing with the Final Fantasy ones. Like, they've taken things like Triple Triad and yeah. put them into FF14... Yeah, you can play sense. a lot of the old mini games in Final Fantasy XIV. They've yeah, got, they they got live in Triad, the which Golden is ex Saucer. much much more fleshed out than the Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy VIII version. They've, they also got Chocobo Racing in there. From yep, true. it's similar to Seven, 
not not identical, but it's it's but more similar modern. enough. Yeah. Like I I think you do see these things happen occasionally when like the game feels fully formed. Like mm-hmm. I even talk about actually another like in-game mini game that I really enjoyed uh is the uh the dice game from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that was a decent that was a decent enough game, but yeah, I just wish more devs would take notice of that that I think but gamers went not a huge immediate success and like it took them this long to turn around and like make good solid single player content for it don't get me wrong i'm really glad they did and i think they did a great job with it Hmm. um but it, it wasn't something that happened overnight and it ends up being a lot of work and i think they put the right amount of work into it um and even the idea of I think it becomes clear, like, the deeper you go into this, that this particular, like, narrative, they've done the framing device where the battles are cards. This is a story in the Witcher universe they wanted to tell, and they didn't have a good place to tell it, so they used Mm. Gwent, and that's smart. Yeah, I I mean, like, I I think that, you know, with being able to use a lot of the assets, um, that I think it would be, in in some ways easier than we we would think but at the same time yes i mean a big part of that is having a narrative reason to or having a excuse me a good enough game side game to pull out of the core game stand on its own yeah yeah which isn't always the case i I don't think blitzball would have done well on its own unless it were completely changed yeah you would have to yeah i i I get that a lot of it has to go through the whole process of like having a team to find free agents and stuff with and that that's that's almost building a whole separate game unto itself i'm just saying that like i think there are a lot of mini games and great mini games that have been in games that i think people would want to see a fully fleshed out version oh yeah at times sure i think there are less mini games in general now though i think is probably part Part of of the answer to this i've just there are so many games just don't have mini games like this anymore what about what if Eastward had its like oh what is that Earthbound not Earthbound uh Earthborn 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 yeah Earthbound is the real game was its own standalone yeah. game um like I, I mean think, I don't think that would be as much of a success well like here here's the thing like say like East Eastward is a twenty five dollar like I don't remember how much it is nowadays say it's twenty five dollars but if you buy that and then you get um. Earthborn as a standalone game, it's twenty seven forty nine. So you're adding additional two dollars and forty nine cents to get the standalone game, or you could just make it like a five dollar, you know, like purchase on sure. the side. But then wouldn't I go? Why wouldn't I just play this inside the base? Because game? because then it's beset by you know five to ten hours of narrative and gameplay in between. You know sure. because. I, I, I... I, I think if question... anything, it would make more sense to like make it just playable from the menu, so you don't have to worry about going into the game and finding stuff. Like I, I, I understand they're doing their whole other progression system that's kind of tied into the main game, but like I, I just question whether that you know. has the same value outside of the context of the well, main game. Here's the, here's the thing, what, you know, we're we're in a gaming space right now where the main way companies are generating revenue is predatory actions and microtransactions. Do you prefer that or then pulling a mini game out, charging a little bit extra for it for you can where you can play it as a standalone game. I'm not saying that's the only two options obviously. I guess I prefer that, but I don't think that's going to work. Well, 
I, I, I really disagree with you on that, but that's not the point of this conversation. <laughs> the point of this conversation is Gwent is awesome as a standalone game. Turns yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I don't, I don't think it's a one-to-one. Like it's, it's hard to predict what's going to work. And nine times out of 10, I feel like with a lot of those things, it would not work. Uh, yeah. I, Gwent I don't is a, a, a good enough game on its own merits for that to work. That's true. Absolutely. I, and I'm glad that um, they finally got a single-player mode that makes a lot of sense. That's cool. And actually, I'm really excited to play that now because I've been itching to play Gwent for a while now, actually. as it This is a, a good way to do it, and there's nothing I love more than my entire Gwent play being I'm going to make it so the last, the first card I play has like a value of 40 by the end, and it's the only card I win by. I like that. I always love those moments when I used to play Magic the Gathering as well. Those were feels, always the best moments. Feels good, and there's nothing more that I like than a good, satisfying digital card game that I could just like listen to some music and chill out and throw some cards down, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cards, I, I, was anyone here a Yu-Gi-Oh fan? Uh, no. Sure. As a, a I mean, not, not the card game itself, but... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, I was never a big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh! either but uh uh takahashi kazuki uh you know passed away a few days ago kind of sad news unfortunately snorkeling i believe yes in nago in nago um which is in okinawa so condolences to his family and people who really like Yu-Gi-Oh. kind of sucks you know it sucks when anybody dies pour one out not a great yeah. week for Japan. Nope. But, um, yeah. Well, let's talk about the next game on the agenda, which happens to be a game called Raft. Oh, yeah. I'm very curious with, the, with that title. I wanna, I'm very curious to hear what this game is about. You never played Raft? You're, you're never going to guess. I probably am not. Um, it's about a Raft. It, it it is it is about yeah. a raft. Um, this is this is uh, basically a water world style game, uh, st- style survival game where you are okay. building a raft that you're then living on. So you have to keep yourself alive, which is kind of the main premise challenge that you're 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 fighting against the entire time is is keeping yourself alive, uh, which is constantly work whenever you're stuck on this raft and it starts out with you basically just drifting wherever and trying to collect stuff that's floating by you as, as you go. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, I've been playing survival games lately. I like, I'm not a huge fan of the genre, but every now and then one of them will come out. That'll speak to me. Like the, I, I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago now, um, mm. which, which that one was, you know, more in the really, really snappy combat type style whereas this one instead of wandering around and doing whatever you're kind of stuck on the raft you're you're not going anywhere so it's much more focused in the build something to keep yourself alive and to make it slightly you know easier for you to not Mm. just instantly die constantly right it's it's really it's it's focused because of that um does it does it feel a little bit like claustrophobic because you are 
stuck on the raft at times? Yes, yes. Like you can you can jump off and swim around, but almost all of the time there is a a shark that follows you around and just will attack you anytime you're off the raft for any time at all. Um, hmm. Who okay. will also like bite chunks out of your raft, so you have to, you know, repair it or or fight them off. Um, hmm. I'm, I've I've really been enjoying it. Um, like I'm I'm not a huge like like I've said before, not a huge survivor game fan hmm. or survival game fan. Um, but I I really like the feel of this. Like you'll kind of starting out. Um, not not have a lot you can make. Like you can make yourself a little rope and hook that you can throw out, so you can collect stuff that's farther away from your tiny raft that you start out with, and and expand right. your raft so you're not quite so caged in. Mm. Um, and then from there, you know, make make stuff to purify water and cook food, like cook any fish that you catch. Um. Mm. Like it's it you know standard survival game stuff, but it feels because the premise is so like kind of easy to grok. Um, like it it all makes sense right off the bat. Like none of it is stuff that's gonna surprise you as far as oh what should I do next? I need something to drink. Like obviously that's that's what I need to solve. That that's my first problem. So like, we'll build a distillery. Yeah, exactly. Um, it it does a really good job of making the mechanics of that sort of survival genre uh, you know, um, just immediately um, come across just from a you, sh- you should already have some of this context in your head already just because the setting is exactly um kind of associated with its real world equivalent essentially like right. som- sometimes you get these things and it's like that's that's not what I would do at all but you know mm. they're mechanically kind of making abstract you, yeah like yeah exactly like they're pushing you in one direction like this is the correct way to do things but it's not what you'd think to do unless you play a ton of the genre mm. uh, whereas most of the stuff I've been finding in this are pretty straightforward there's also a ton of other crap that you can build if you want to to make it you know customization is a huge part of this genre in general so you can do stuff like oh like my my raft is just not homey enough i i should build some walls and some tables and a bed and all this stuff i'm like you can do that but also it doesn't help you survive as much Mm. right away um but that's more a lot of that feels more like kind of genre staples to me right however long term that feels like what i'd want to do sort of that swiss family robinson feel of like we'll we'll just build a paradise here on our desert island sort of a sort of a thing um Mm. so i i think once i've got a little bit more of a hang of you know not running out of food and water maybe those will be things i want to address I'm still working mm. on that in real life. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I've I've not gotten to that point yet. It, it's still kind of a a hassle to just not die. Um, right. 
but I've I've really been enjoying it. It seems like there's also some um some amount of like story progression. I don't know if there's a end game end game as far as like That's what oh, I, was gonna, I found that's exactly my next question. Everything, but like one of the things I've got recipes for like a radio and a receiver and making an antenna and stuff. Uh, which kind of makes me think, oh, maybe there are settlements that one like I, I built myself a sail and an anchor so I can stop at islands now instead of just having to, you know, jump off my raft, find stuff real quick and keep going before, before my raft away, leaves yeah. me. Um, so, like, I, I've got a sort of feeling that long term there's going to be more of a instead of just drifting through like an intentionality to where well, you're I- going. I believe the last update was called like the final chapter. So I have to guess there's some kind of end game at this point. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where it's going. It's just since I, I waited until 1.0 to start it, I I'm, <laughs> I I'm, I'm not experiencing that yet, but it's it does cool when the game has an end. Exactly. Exactly. And it does seem like that's kind of what they're leaning towards. Um, sure. Makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I've really been enjoying it. It is a very cool, um, concept for a survival game. I think it, Again, like it spoke spoke to me. I don't know if that's something else that you know. I've always kind of been a, a sucker for that particular um, post-apocalyptic sort of environment. Is it like the water world yep. vibe? I I yep. I think we've not seen enough of that. Like honestly, I I think I could stand to see a lot more of that instead of the desert wasteland Mad mm. Max variety of apocalyptic wasteland which is yeah, I mean, it's fine this is not bad like it those are i just i like the variety and and this sure. is really kind of it's it's doing it for me so you have a refined palate we get it mm-hmm. <laughs> well i mean i get that too because yes that's <clears throat> that's a that's a big focus is like how would humanity survive when like all the plants die off and all the animals die off but th- there's also a big part you know, not to get too overwhelmingly negative, but as the sea levels rise due to climate change, obviously it's not going to be water world level, I don't think, um, in our lifetime at least, but there's a possibility of that. And so it's interesting to think about like, you know, what if the world was flooded? How would we survive in that situation? Yeah, I Googled it and it said we wouldn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so easy answer. Check me. Uh. in a Uh, way actually because the flooding of the earth by god and noah's ark and yeah 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 Yeah. whatever yeah that's fine yeah Yeah. couldn't possibly be referring to the mediterranean basin flooding i don't think so no 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 i played the fifth fifth (laughs) one two three four fifth the earth the earth and the fifth uh Oh, Rich, yeah, you want to talk? Well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for detailing that game. Is it only available on Steam, or is it available it, uh, elsewhere? Hmm. Let me look. I'm not sure if it's on console or not. I believe I there actually... are. I believe there are console versions of Raft. Yeah, I, 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 I assumed am... with the early access portion, it was only on PC because that's kind of how early access usually I works. I feel like but... it has been on PS4 for quite a while. I'm mildly intrigued. It is on. No, just PC. Okay, Windows, okay, Linux, and Mac. Think, thinking of a different game, then. Yeah, Windows, Linux, and Mac. So, so only on the computers. 
That's sad. Currently. Uh, it's at 1.0, so I would guess a console version will likely possibly, come soon. Possibly. Um, given the mechanics I've seen so far, I, I, I don't think it's impossible for that to happen. I, I have to imagine that, you know, they'd at least be looking at porting. It is it coming to Xbox. Coming to Xbox. Okay. Now yes. you know. The more you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Rich, you wanted to talk about Baldur's Gate 3's big update. Yeah, uh, so Baldur's Gate 3, uh, back when this launched in early access, and it's still in early access, our friends at Larian were nice enough to send us a code. And I really like Larian's games. I really like Baldur's Gate, so I've been checking back in every now and again. Uh, patch number eight just dropped, and it was a it was like a 40-gig patch, guys. It was, it was a huge one. Um, that was pretty massive. There, I, I want to talk about some of the changes and some of the new stuff because there's some significant stuff enough that I want to. I'm a little busy this weekend, but going into next week, I want to try and do a stream where I run a new character because there's a lot of new stuff going on. Um, for one, they re uh, redid a lot of the lighting and stuff in the whole Act One section, and it looks just phenomenal. Um, there's some new spells and all that, but the two big additions are the first new class and race since the game launched in early access. Oh, um, wow. They've added bards and they've added uh, gnomes. Oh, that's Would, dope. Uh, mm-hmm. no, gnomes are cool. They are little boys and singing race. Uh, yeah, there are three uh, sub race, I believe forest gnomes, rock gnomes and deep gnomes, all with some different uh different abilities going on there then there are uh the bard class was added with the subclasses being the college of lore and the college of valor um college of lore being more suited towards like party buffs and uh college of valor being more suited to sort of debuffs and powerful Mm. spell casting including the cutting words uh bard ability Uh which is basically like when you role play as kronk singing your own theme music it's where the bard tells the goblin he's so ugly that he dies uh, which is the coolest way to be a bard um on top of that this is not just for bards they've now added playable musical instruments that any class at level four with the performer feat can learn to play um on top of that, if you're playing in multiplayer and you play an instrument near another character and they start to play an instrument, the songs will auto-sync up. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you do well enough, you can literally busk in the game and NPCs will give you money, so it's become a new way to earn is to just hang out in towns and play music. I like it. <laughs> um, I like it. There's That's just, awesome. Yeah, it's very fucking cool. I cannot wait to run a bard. If that wasn't clear, if I have time to do the stream, if, if I will you do be well enough busking, do the do the cops come and and hassle you? I would imagine so. Um, Try and take their cut. Mm-hmm. I watched some footage of a party where uh, two of them were busking outside a goblin camp, and while the goblins were distracted watching the music, the rest of the party snuck in and robbed them blind. <laughs> uh, which is pretty amazing. Like the the level of commitment to the bit is starting to get better and better um on top of that like some of the audio stuff has been remixed uh another big change that's just helpful both for general like non-combat play and um role-playing i suppose is you can now cast detect thoughts in conversation with npcs Mm. which is useful because that's kind of the main way you'd want to use that yeah it seems odd that that wasn't the case before well, you mm. know what? I, I mean, I get it. That's why we, you know, you go early access. You're like, yeah, we should yeah. have thought of that or yeah. prioritized it. Um, 
another big change uh, is one that makes combat go a lot faster, uh, which is Larian has implemented something called Swarm AI, uh, which basically makes it so... Okay, sure, that playing, won't kill us. When <laughs> yeah, no, apparently not. Uh, when you're playing a turn-based game like this that is like very D&D-driven, sometimes you're in a combat encounter that might feature like you know over oh, 20 enemies yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Instead of having them all have to think their own turn out one at a time. Swarm AI makes it so, like, fodder enemies, like, if you're fighting, like, a horde of goblins and they're wolves, like, all the wolves will take their turn at the same time now. All the goblin okay. archers will take their turn at the same time, and it just makes combat move faster. That makes a lot of sense, because every now and then when playing a tactics game, you'd get to one enemy's turn, and it's just like the AI really had to think through a massive list of things and it would exactly. just really slow so down. It, it's just, it's to put it simply, it makes it so, if you're fighting five goblin archers, they're all just going to take their turn and attack at once. Yeah, and so they're you kind of thinking through the ordeal. problem one time instead of over and over again. Yeah, mm. exactly. I like it. That's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, like, those are a, a lot of the notes. Uh, Larian boasted in the patch notes that for the cutting words, uh, you know, the, the Valor class for the uh, Bard there, they've recorded over 97 unique insults. Oh, that's <laughs> great. So I'm excited to hear what, and they cited one uh, that involved the enemy's scrotum, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what kind of fun lines of dialogue <laughs> they've recorded. That's the level of edge uh, I miss from video games these days. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is great. Uh, Larian, I, I cannot think of a better studio to be handling, like, a property so revered as Baldur's Gate and it's been a long journey but with every new update uh, I think this game seems more and more and more promising it's mm. just this update has been so large it's gotten me very excited to dive back in and I wanted to talk a little bit about that especially because <laughs> they had sent a code to us quite a while back and I really like this game yeah yeah. I mean I think it's it's warranted discussing too because it's su like you said it's such a big and monumental update. It's a, almost like a brand new iteration of the game. Oh yeah, when I I mean I it looked like it was going to be significant just based off the patch notes, but when I went to download it and saw it was 40 gigs, I was like, "Oh my god." And then yeah, like it sounds like it's just whole new executable thing, at that point. Things that sound small but you realize are huge also now in these patch notes like elves are now uniquely mapped AI, meaning like all elf movements and stuff now have their own separate rigging for npcs and stuff and don't function the same as the human ones hmm. um things like uh i'm trying to look sustained emotion acting and cinematics new facial animations allow characters to continue emoting realistically while you make decisions in dialogue that's kind of hmm. cool committing like crimes now triggers a new type of cinematic dialogue crime yeah crime yeah i like that it's like, I think for the people who lo are looking for that attention to detail in video games, that's fantastic. I love when companies do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that PC gaming has kind of come back around to that idea because it was a big thing in the 90s and then it really died off because no one really wanted to focus on that market and just, yeah, like it, it, we, we, we lost a lot for a while and it, it seems like we're kind of coming back around to some of those genres that, Got forgotten for a while. Mm. Precisely. Precisely. And this is, again, yeah, like, when I think back to what Baldur's Gate should have evolved to, Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, what is Larian's, like, crown jewel, it was just such a deep, amazing RPG, and Baldur's Gate 3 seems poised to top that when it is finished 
That's good. That's definitely good news. Because, yeah, that is a very beloved game, Divinity uh, Divine Sin 2. That's the correct title, right? Divinity Original Sin 2. Original Sin. I don't know I said Divine Sin. Yeah, you little... were you were mixing up words. It's fine. We knew what you were talking about. Thanks. Thanks. You got my back. I got you, man. That's what I'm here for. You. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on our second and final break, and then we will wrap up this show with some social media polls. So stick around, and we will be right back. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, What? What in the blazes is going on? X-ray! X-ray! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com. Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com. Yes! Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordchomp.com Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister. Did you hear about store.swordchomp? Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, we were not just talking about uh, foreign politics, but we, what we are going to talk about I didn't is... make a joke about Emperor Hirohito. <laughs> no, you didn't. But we are going to make some comments about the poll day, which you, the Chompers, voted on, which you can vote on every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram. And you'll be able to vote every day until democracy dies, which should be sometime next week. That's right. For real, for real. I ain't bussin'. No cap. This meatloaf is bussin', respectfully. Yeah. No cap, no cap, no cap. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's get into this. So, um, first poll, which sports game series was or is better? Um, I didn't really know how to word that because I don't, like, they're not ongoing, but they could be in the future. Luigi's Mansion. It's between NFL Blitz and NBA Jam. Ooh. The answer is NFL Blitz. Josh? What's your personal answer? I mean, I, 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 was, I was a big You can't give players drugs at NBA Jam, though. Yeah, that's true. But Razzle Dazzle. You didn't have anybody saying Razzle Dazzle. Yeah, and I like NBA Jam. I just like NFL Blitz more. <laughs> to be clear, I like both of these games. Josh, if you had to pick one, which one are you picking? Oh, no, I, I, I'd go with NBA Jam every day. My man! Me too, for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, Josh, we are in good company. 67% of people agreed with us. It's NBA Jam. Right. That's because they're cowards. I I think it's because they were children around the same time that the Bulls were on their, you know, just groundbreaking run. So So everyone's familiar with that song written by a British pedophile. Which one? Google it, kids. Which one? Uh, uh, the, the the Bulls entrance song. Oh 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 yeah. 
I mean, I kind of assumed most British songs were written by a pedophile. Uh, Jimmy Savile <laughs> didn't write every song. Okay. Wow, I uh, didn't know that, Rich. I'm going to have to look that up now. Yeah, look into it. It's a fun <laughs> rabbit hole for you. Can't wait to ruin more parts of my childhood. Hooray! <laughs> Yay. Um, next poll is Sucker Punch has no future plans for Infamous or Sly Cooper. They also came out and said that uh, there are no third parties that will be um, doing anything additional to those franchises at this time. And so I wanted to know what the fans thought. Um, 53% of people said, this ain't it, chief. Like, they're not happy. And then 47% of people said, eh, I'll live. 53% of people should have said, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) I mean, I understand not doing it at this point, but also... They should really port those Sly Cooper games to the Switch if there's any way they could do that. Like, I I, I have to imagine Sony is... Sony's stopping that from their, happening their in some in, way, shape, or form. But Sly. that, like th- that collection was on the PS3 and Vita. Was Correct. it on the PS3 or just the Vita? I think it was on both. It was on the PS3 and Vita. Okay. Um, I would love to have that on the Switch as well. I, I, I you have to imagine that having that sort of audience open up to to that series at this point would be great yeah, for keeping that I, IP alive, but. I don't think there'd be any plans to revisit it because they like started that movie. It went as far as I saw a trailer for that movie in a theater and then they just disappeared. Yeah. Um, Ratchet is still profitable. And as I've said about infamous and I like infamous just fine. There's no way you go and make an infamous game when you are allowed to make Spider-Man games. <laughs> you don't need to make yeah. a game about your own superhero when you've been given the keys to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, mean, no. It makes sense the properties they're going with, but it is kind of a shame. Yeah, I sure. like the I liked both the first and second infamous game a lot. I get that. Yeah, Spider-Man's probably the natural evolution of that, but. I really did enjoy the first two Infamous games a lot. They're great games. I mean, but the thing is, like, a lot of what they learned in Infamous, you see them take into their Spider-Man games. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is why it's, like, the natural evolution of it. I just, like, we're so inundated with Marvel stuff that I would love to see, like, something different, you know? Please don't talk shit about Spider-Man. I'm not talking shit about Spider-Man. I'm talking shit about Marvel in general. Yeah, it, it's it's you. frankly oversaturated at this point. A lot of it's good because the money's there to actually attract people who want to make the good money, stuff. The money's there to make a good product. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't always hit, but when it yeah. does, it hits. It hits really well. And those Spider-Man games are one of the instances of it hitting really well. Thankfully, exactly, exactly. It's just kind of. It's easy to get when there are eight hundred goddamn. Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, it's so easy for the actual good stuff to get buried at this also point. Also forgot they're also doing Wolverine, so let's not forget that. Yeah. I don't think anybody's forgotten that, Rich. Oh, uh, how could we? Have you guys seen the new Thor movie yet, or no? Uh, not It just yet. opened today. So yeah, it was yet. just today. And, yeah. Oh, it just opened today, okay. Oh, that's true, yeah, for you guys. It, it was yep. open last night for us. I didn't go see it, but... I will. I will go see it, but don't sound super excited about that, Rich. Yeah, it's reviewing pretty mediocrely. Is it really? Yeah, that makes sense. Like I've 
like I've talked about this before, I've noticed the trend and it just continues to hold true is that whenever people are out like campaigning for a movie really hard, like you, you see the main actors like hitting all the talk shows and then they start hitting the internet shows like Buzzfeed and shit like that. Not always, but generally like nine times out of 10, if it's for a movie that's about to come out in theaters, it's about to do really badly with the critics and the Well, I mean, it's not going to do badly financially because it's a Marvel film. Um, and even being like a mediocre Marvel film, like I've been seeing it's getting like sevens, um, which is yeah. fine. Uh, I'm sure it'll be entertaining enough. And Marvel seems to be in kind of this lull where some of their stuff, mostly their TV stuff right now, has been pretty consistently good. But in like yeah. their their larger setup phase is when stuff tends to slow down. And personally, I don't even think it's necessarily like this stuff is bad. It's just you're not getting those highs of like, you know, the 10 years of build up to an Avengers film. And that's what's going to happen. Things are going to be a little bit slower in the stories they're telling for a while. And people are going to have to adjust for that. Frankly, mm. those are my favorite periods because that's when you get same the not because it's all good. Most of it's shit, but also the good stuff stands out it's at really that point. good. Like yeah. Miss Marvel is fantastic. Oh God, I, Miss Marvel is great. Even even with the fairly substantial changes they're making to that I think story. They're, in, they're interesting changes. They're at the good. Very least. Yeah. Uh, and this is, again, me harping on things I just love in general, but I fucking loved Moon Knight. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I, th- I think there's there's good s- not everything's going to be a banger uh, like I even just thought Doctor Strange like has its high moments but on the whole is just kind of a weird Sam Raimi movie um, but hey you know not everything can be a banger yeah that's true that's that's uh, the name of my porno not everything can be a banger it's a, a lot more narrative than you'd expect from a pornographic film yeah right exactly it's actually a little bit philosophical in some ways, oh, too. Um, you know what movie I did watch this past weekend, though, that it is a banger? Mm. I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is the oh, movie that where good. Nick Cage yeah. plays himself. Yeah. What a film. Go mm. see it. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Like, that's the kind of, like, creativity that I love to see happen. Like... Guns Akimbo. Did you guys end up seeing that yes. movie? Yeah, I, I have seen Guns Akimbo. It was so stupid and it's good. It's very weird. This this movie features a 20-minute scene in which Nicolas Cage and uh, Pedro Pascal are on LSD driving around Spain. I love that. I okay. love that. See, like things like that need to happen more again. I miss that, that more risky... You can Style. currently rent it for $5 on Amazon. I recommend everyone do so. Hell yeah. Um, next poll. Is pulling all-nighters to play video games in your 30s and 30, beyond 30s childish? Um, 86% of people said, I do what I want. And 40, 14% of people said, it's time to grow up. And the reason why I did this poll is because I was actually reading on Reddit. Um, somebody had posted something like, What's something like is childish to do when you hit your 30s? And mm. somebody said, like, staying up all night to play video games. And I, I immediately was like, what the fuck are you to think that, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. What's, I don't think it's childish. What, what the fuck is childish with giving yourself a heart attack? I don't think it's childish. I just don't have the energy for it. Exactly, exactly. Like, if, if I'm incapable if I, of doing it, if I decide to have four Red Bulls, and die of cardiac 
you know, arrest, that's that's my choice. There's nothing childish M about that. Your body, your choice. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to die. And you're gonna die in the way you want to, goddammit. Yeah, but I, like, like, jokes aside, why, like, I, I don't get, like, what the mentality there is. I mean, yes, for... Sounds like that person just hates fun. It sounds well, like mean, that I... person has seen one too many hustle culture posts and actually thinks that if they work hard enough, capitalism will reward them. And Elon Musk is like, if you're not selling your piss, you're not working hard enough. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> he probably would praise Belle Delphine or whatever the fuck her name was for selling bathwater all those years ago. Oh, I praise her for that. She's a genius. Those guys are idiots. Uh -huh. It's true. That's true. But no, like I, I get it from the, the standpoint of it is incredibly, incredibly bad for your health to do that. And that yeah. I get that I get. Like, if you if you want to approach it from that angle, I wouldn't that's call it fine. childish. Maybe irresponsible. And also, again, I just don't. I there's rarely a situation where I have the energy for that. Like, occasionally something comes along, but it has to be a game. I'm so into it that, like, mentally I block out the exhaustion, well, which that, I can't well, remember the last time that happened. Yeah, yes, yeah. but uh, to go back to my previous point, like. Yes, it is incredibly unhealthy, but I, I feel like that's the same type of person who would make an exception for alcohol. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, again... Fucking America, man. What do you mean? Like, we drink less than anybody else, but we binge drink probably more than anybody else. Like, it's, mm. it's, it's ridiculous. Like, frankly, alcohol is fairly good for you in moderation, but it will fucking kill you the way Americans drink. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I go hard in the paint. Yeah. Yeah. Hard in the paint, in bed by 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. Rich's motto. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, he has that written on the back of his mobility scooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby girl. Yep, yeah. I got, so he gets him home got, at the, night. You got the custom plate with that on there. <laughs> oh, that would... If I saw an old dude drinking and that was on the back of his motor scooter, I'd be like, dude, I gotta have a, a beer with you. Right? Stat. Absolutely. Gotta have a beer with that guy. No, Someone, someone who has his shit together. Like, I think, I think it goes, like, deeper, too, with this, like, whole mentality of, um, you know, people just staying up all night. There are some people who are night owls, and I think yeah. that... Um, that, that comes from like, I'm not I'm a what human you were man. half joking about half serious with the like whole culture, grind culture standpoint as well of, you know, you gotta be up early in the morning and you gotta be, yeah. you know, doing all the things all the day because that's when things are most productive and blah, blah, blah. And I think, yeah, that, that stems from, you know, culture <sighs> and society saying like, yeah. people should be up early. People shouldn't be staying up late at night. And it's like. Everyone has their own schedules and time frames. So, like, if somebody yeah. stays up all night playing video games, maybe they're a night person. The reason why they're staying up all night is because that's their normal hours, and it's the only time they can stay up and play, like, a video game for eight hours, you know, have a binge session. How is that any different from binging a TV show for eight hours, you know? Y yeah, yeah. So, I, that, I mean, that's that was the whole reason why i you know wrote that down as something for us to discuss essentially 
Yeah, like, I, I get the whole... I'm not at the point where I will intentionally, oh, this new game's coming out, let's let's plan on taking the next day off, I'm going to stay up and play this. That, I don't think, makes any sense at this point. But, I'm I'm also at the point where, if a game hits me right, where I'm just sucked into it, I'll easily not notice that it's 2 o'clock. Hmm. Right. Um, and and that that happens much more often. Well, not much more often now, but that that still happens now. Whereas the the alternative of the, like the plan of this game's coming out at ten o'clock tonight. I'm gonna you know install it and and then play it as much as possible the first night. I don't fucking do that shit. The game will be out the next morning and I'll play it then. But if I'm really enjoying a game, I'll I'll stay up later than I intended to playing it because i get sucked in so that right that i still understand so i mean if like at the end of the day if someone's productive they get their shit done and they want to pull an all-nighter to play a game i don't give a fuck you know it's like it's none of my yeah. business yeah no, i can't no, do that yeah. anymore I've, I've never been really the type of person who can pull an all-nighter it's not great for your health if you're not getting the seven to eight hours of sleep but it's not my business. It's your life at the end of the day. As long He's as you get the stuff that you need to get time, done, done. Baby. Like if you're a family man and people are relying, or a family woman, family non-binary person, if your family's relying on you to get stuff done and you shirk those responsibilities because you want to stay up all night, yes, that's a problem. Otherwise, if it's not hurting anybody, nobody else's business, and it shouldn't be called childish. Yep. Yeah, okay. fuck Elon Musk. I, I think we're all there. Um, the last poll I did was, how about that season four Stranger Things finale? Um, 69, nice. 69% of people said it blew me away. And 31% of people said, what a pile of caca. You already have my thoughts on that compiled in a separate podcast. I will not share them for free here. <laughs> That's right, we do. <laughs> Sp- speaking of that, um, Really quickly, you can, if you are a Patreon member, that is up available for you now. If you are not, it will be available at the end of the month. We did a huge podcast on Season 4, Volume 2, discussing everything Rich and I did, and we kind of recounted the story of what happened, and then we we had our personal reflections on what happened. If you are interested in that, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. But, um, yeah, I, I, like, to very briefly say, I really enjoyed the finale. Like there, there are certainly some plot holes. It's not perfect. There, you know, there are some issues as, as there are with most forms of media. Nothing's perfect, but overall, I I enjoyed it a lot. Hmm. Yeah, David Abba's really handsome, so that's probably why I liked it. Well, that's good. Also, I I don't know what 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 character you're doing, but I'm enjoying it. What do you mean? Uh, okay, I must have had a stroke or something because I, I heard I heard a character being done. So I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry guys, stroking out. Which means we gotta end this show. I be stroking. I be stroking in here. I stroke it to the left and I stroke it to the right. You guys know that song? No, but Ooh. I know that's the name of your porno. It's a real coming song. out next month. 
be on the lookout for that at patreon.com slash swordchomp. But um, we're going to get out of here now. Um, I just want to say, first and foremost, if you enjoyed this episode and you are looking for more content. Yeah, Clarence from- Carter stroking. <laughs> if you're looking for more content from us, head over to swordchomp.com where we have more podcasts. Uh, we have three new podcasts, like I said, at the end of the month. Brand new episode for Chomping After Dark, which will be Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. And we have Volume 1 that just went up a few days ago, um, talking about that. Uh, Rich is going to have a new Chomping at the Bits episode go up here fairly soon. Uh, he's working on that right now. It's true. So we have uh, gonna... we have, we have new content for those podcasts. Uh, we have a merch store. Uh store.swordchomp.com where you can buy new threads and uh, other various things and rip them out in the wilds and tell your friends all about Swordchomp, which is nice. We have an article section where we write reviews and think pieces and guides on certain games. I just got a new one up on Cuphead, the Delicious Last Course DLC. Check it out. Um, By the time you're hearing this podcast, it'll be up in all its glory. And last but not least, as I've alluded to twice now, patreon.com slash swordchomp gets you access to all exclusive content from us and uh, you help us out by making more content which we love doing so head over there and check that out but we're getting the fuck out of here I want to say thanks to Josh thanks to Rich they're having a dance party you guys can't see it so I'll just let you guys know Um, thank you so much for checking out the show I was your host Shay we will be back next week with another episode thank you so much be safe out there drink some water and take care